Welcome to One Tired Teacher, episode 86, Three Spectacular Tech Tools for Remote Learning. Today, I have a very special guest, Kristen Muse from Samson's Shop, and she is talking all about technology tools that we can use during distance learning. It's really a great, incredible conversation. In fact, we ended up talking about more than just tech tools. We talked about integrating writing into science, and we talked about science on a budget. And so I've decided to have two episodes. So this is part one of that episode where we talk specifically about the tech tools. And then next week, you'll get the rest. Hope you stick around. Welcome to One Tired Teacher. And even though she may need a nap, this teacher is ready to wake up and speak her truth about the trials and treasures of teaching. Here she is, wide awake. Wait, she's not asleep right now, is she? She, she is awake, right? Okay. From Trina Debery Teaching and Learning, your host, Trina Debery. Hey, so today I am talking to, today and next week, I am talking to Kristen Muse. And I am excited because her conversation really got me like pumped up. I love when someone comes on and talks about something that they are really passionate about and that they have worked on for a long period of time and they're just really into what they do. And Kristen is one of those types of teachers and she's been an instructional an, instructional technology coach and she's just some, done some different things. It's very exciting. And I was taking notes like crazy. That's why I thought I need to make this two different episodes because there's just so much information. And I know sometimes my shows can go a tad bit long. So I'm going to have two parts this time to prevent that from happening. All right, so we're going to hear from Kristen in just a moment. Before we do that, I want to talk to you a little bit about what is going on for remote learning or distance learning or blended learning or hybrid learning or whatever you're calling it and whatever you have to do. Because I know that it can be such a tricky and hard time for all of us. We don't know exactly what's happening. We don't know what's what we're going to do when we do it. And some of the things that are being said, we know as teachers in our heart that there's that, that, that we're talking about impossible standards. When we're talking about getting putting kids six feet apart from one another or changing it to three feet where it's just that way in schools, or if we're talking about kids wearing masks for seven and a half hours and that we're going to all of a sudden have these spectacularly clean schools, we just know that that is, is so unrealistic. And Kristen and I had a conversation before the show started. And I want you to hear just a little bit of that because I, I really think that you're going to get a feel of, of, of how two people feel about this. And you won't feel like you're alone because I know there's a lot of teachers out there that are feeling the exact same way. And we're having this internal struggle because we want our kids back. We want them face to face with us. But the things that we have to do to get them to be face to face, it makes the job nearly impossible. So I want to just check this part out a little bit before we jump into the tech tools, but I promise we'll get there soon. But I uh-huh. feel like we've made so many strides to, to go into cooperative learning and flexible yeah. seating and making it personalized. And now it's like, no, 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 no. all that needs off the table. And now it's going to be in rows and nobody can have any sort of you know, social interactions. And I, I just, I worry about what's going to happen to the kids. I do too. I worry what what's, this is going to do to their their emotional stability and their their 
their feelings about like life and connections with other people. I don't know. The whole thing bothers me to such a like, oh, and I, I just, I don't know. I, and I feel like if we're going to go back, then, then we have to, we have to go back knowing that we're taking a risk and then that's what, and we're going to go back and behave in a normal way. I don't know. I mean, obviously not. I mean, if you want them to wash their hands every 30 minutes, like I could even be more okay with that than I, than I would be them wearing a mask and sitting with plexiglass in between them. Yes. So that is some of our thoughts. And I'm wondering what you're thinking. I'd love to hear from you because it's, it's, it's a scary time. It's a scary time. And I really feel strongly about, we have, of course, we, we want to rebuild the economy. But if we are doing that on the backs of teachers and children, shouldn't we be, an, you know, a system that is funded in a much better way than we are? Shouldn't we be more appreciated? Shouldn't it be, shouldn't it be something better than it is if that's, if we have that kind of, of pressure on schools? So I really, I just want to think about that. And I, oh, my heart is out there with all of you. And I'm right there in, in the same boat with you. I'll be returning August 3rd, actually. And we will be returning to three choices. Parents have three choices, which quite frankly is insane. But we have full time, you know, 100% there with all these crazy parameters and, you know, promises to the public that we're taking care of their children when we know as teachers that we're not going to be able to do all the things they say we know how hard it's going to be how impossible it's going to be and then we've got a hybrid situation where kids some kids can come back and stay and then some they're online sometimes and they're in our classroom sometimes and what do we do with those kids are they going to intermix with the kids that are there full-time so that's an added thing to a teacher and who who's responsible for the hybrid students and then the third thing is um, you know full-time e-learning which again we have another teacher that's doing that so how are we going to be able to do this when we have you know shortages of teachers and not enough money to pay more people and and not you know it just doesn't make sense it's a really difficult so those are some things I'm sure you're thinking about when you think about remote learning. But now, now, now I want to say really get to some of the some of the things that we can do to make it better. Because yes, it does feel like we're going backwards as far as cooperative learning and as far as engagement and social and emotional learning. So let's think about some of the things that we can do as a positive. Because you know I've always had the the mentality of okay, we got to get it out. We got to get out. We we have to have an, an opportunity to share what we think and what we feel because that's our voice and we should be shouting it from the rooftops. But then I also feel like once we've heard, you know, once we've had a chance to kind of vent and kind of get it out of our systems and, and have it acknowledged or at least acknowledged by our, our own, you know, peers and friends and family, then, then we have to figure out what do we do next? If we stay in the negative and the frustration, then we can't move forward and we have to move forward. So what can we do moving forward? We're here, we're getting ready to listen to some tips that we can do to integrate technology in a meaningful way, whether you are 100% in the classroom or you are 100% e-learning, or even if you're hybrid, like these, these tips are really going to help you. And Kristen has a bunch more. And if you get kind of teased by her three tips that she shares, I want you to know you can hear the rest of her tips 
uh, at the Whole Teacher Eclecticon 2020, which I've been talking about for weeks. It is a training for the whole teacher. It's going to be so inspiring and motivational. And I'm presenting there as well on podcasting and podcasts in the classroom. And Kristen is presenting there several different sessions. So you're going to definitely want to check that out. You can get the link in the show notes. And if you can remember this while you're walking or multitasking, it's a bit.ly bit.ly dot com backslash W-T-E Debery, D-E-B-O-R-E-E, W-T-E Debery, bit.ly.com W-T-E Debery. And that's how you can join this um, unbelievable experience. All right, let's get to the technology tips. So I'm excited to have Kristen Muse here from Samson Shop. She is going to talk to us about all kinds of different things, mainly tech tools for remote learning, and we're going to jump into some other things. And I'm really excited to have Kristen. So Kristen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming. I'm excited that you're here. Kristen is actually in New York and I'm in Florida. So we're in like, I feel like two different worlds almost right now <laughs> during this time in the world. <laughs> and I love New York. So um, I will say that up front and I'm not loving where I am at the moment, but you know, that's the way it goes. So one of the things that Kristen and I have in common besides, you know, being educators is that we are presenting in the Whole Teacher Eclecticon 2020, which is a conference for the whole teacher. We're really going to be focusing on all aspects of teaching. And we are both excited to be a part of that. And we hope that you join us at the end of July. I'll share the link in the show notes. And I'm super excited. What about you, Kristen? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. There are so many great topics. I mean, it really is covering all gamuts, uh, you know, no matter what you're teaching, what you're into what you're worried about. I feel like it's going to cover everything. Yeah, I agree. Even yes. And you're right. Especially even things that you're worried about. Like we have some things even talking about distance learning or blended learning and things that we can do if we are find ourselves in that situation again. And I'm even excited about things like, you know, how to prevent overwhelm and, you know, burnout and things like that, like those kind of topics. And you're, what are you presenting on? You're, you're presenting on um, strengthening writing skills and science. And what, what are your I, I'm actually doing three presentations. I went. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my first, pre my first presentation is the CER method. And that's mm -hmm. a method that I use to strengthen writing skills and analysis skills in science. So it's bringing a lot of, you know, those, those writing skills into the science classroom you know, because I feel like a lot of times science kind of just gets the short end of the stick. And yes. with everything else that's going on in the classroom and in the world, there's just not time for it. So I feel like by building up that writing piece, you know, it gives teachers a reason on why they can incorporate a little bit more science into the classroom. Um, I'm also presenting on different tech tools, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Everybody has been remote learning. I, I've been into technology for a while. Um, mm -hmm. Aside from teaching, I was also a tech lead for a couple of years. Ah. So, yeah, so I've been really into tech. Um, I had to give up the tech position basically because I, I do have a long commute and it was getting to be a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. But my passion and love for technology is still there. So I will give 10 cool tools that I use, all of them being free, because I feel like that really is you know, something that 
there's cool tech tools out there, but they're not always free. And then you no, don't you're right. you're gonna be spending money here. You know, you hear about something. And so to keep it easy and manageable, they're all free to try out. And they're that's all easy, exciting. which is also important. Yeah, that's and, exciting. Yes. And then you have a third session? Yes. And that's different ways to do science on a budget. You know, some, okay. some schools out there don't have that enormous budget to do every single hands-on experience and things like that. So I have different ways that you can incorporate and, and make science really engaging without having to spend a lot of money. Okay. That's exciting. I think we need to touch on, on, on all of those because, and then they can get the a little teaser of what it would be like to come to your sessions because I think all of those sound excellent. I can't wait to go to every single one of them. Thank so you. I'm excited about that. And I for STEMCon, I did two sessions as well. Like I did more than just one. And so this time around, I'm like, I'm just going to do one. Although mine is kind of long. So I had to put like some timestamps so people would know if they wanted to get to like, cause I'm doing it on podcasting and podcast using podcasts oh. in your classroom. And so I talk about like using podcasts and like, you know, for kids and like getting them like really helping you with reading or like with yeah listening comprehension which is also has to do with reading so i'm right. excited about that and plus there's so many good ones for science so many good topics for science in a podcast and there's so yeah, many no. ones out there for kids it's an easy thing to use especially during distance learning if you don't have access to a text you know some text then this is an, an alternative that everyone can have access to right. and then um and then i then i go through like how you would actually have the students create a podcast and I'm excited about that because I love to think about the idea of letting kids show what they know in an alternative way. And this is yes. just one of those ways that they might get really excited about. So I'm excited to talk about that because I love talking about podcasting. And when you said that you were a tech lead, I am going next year. I was a second grade teacher for a really long time. And then I was a student support specialist and a media specialist. And this past year, I was a student support specialist um, dealing with behavior all day long, which was not my expertise. Making no. connections with kids is my strength, but um, the whole discipline and being is, is just not my, it's not my right. favorite thing. So next year I get, I'm going back to the media center. I'm going to be a media specialist slash instructional technology coach. So I'm super excited to hear your um, 10 tips and tools. And so I think that's great. So you, um, you were, you said you were a technology lead. So what, what is your other background like in teaching? What, what do you, what is your, what do you do? I, I've always been upper elementary. Um, mm -hmm. Right now, I am in the middle school, predominantly sixth grade to sixth grade uh -huh. science. Uh -huh. um, and I love the age. I, I really do. You know, I like that it's that, that upper, you know, the, it's clearly the upper part of the upper elementary level. Yes. But I, I, I'm a sarcastic person by nature and they get it. You know, I mean, you can tell which ones are a little bit more sensitive. So I'm not, uh -huh. you know, but yes. I love that you can joke around with them. They understand. I, I just think it's such a fun age. Yeah. Um, I, been, yeah. That's cool. How I've long been, have you been doing that? That's what I was, I've been doing that for 15 years, which is like, wow. In sixth grade and for 15 years. Yes. That's incredible. And so did you, and you taught in like elementary school before that, right? Yes. Even like my student teaching everything. I've never done anything lower than second grade though. So I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know that I have the personality for the kindergartners. No, I no, I totally agree. I was talking to um to to Brian from Wise Guys 
yesterday or last night and we were speaking because he moved to sixth grade and we oh. were, we were talking about, cause he made the jump. He was like a fourth, fifth grade teacher. He made the jump to sixth grade. And I always wonder about it for myself, but when I was a, was a first grade and second grade teacher, like most of my time was spent in second, but I did teach first grade. I, I told him the older I've gotten, the more I like have moved away from wanting to teach. I love the hugs and the love that the little ones give you. And like, I feel like a rock star in my school with the kindergartners. Cause they're all, <laughs> they're so cute when they see me. But, um, but so I'm like, I love that fuels me, but I, but teaching kindergarten with a one year that I was a media specialist in a title one school for my first year ever doing it. And I was on the rotation and I thought I was going to die in kindergarten. I'm like, this is hurting cats. Like it literally, it got better in October, but I'm like, kindergarten teachers need to be, they need a raise. Like yeah. there's no way that, I mean, it's just, it's so hard in my opinion. And then fifth grade, I'm like, I thought they were going to eat me alive in the beginning. But as the time went on and I like, cause they, you know, they were like, children that had dealt with a lot of trauma. So oh. they pushed boundaries to see if you're going to stick around. Well, once they like figured me out, oh, I loved them. That and exactly what you said. You could joke around with them. You could like, you know, they had such deeper things to talk about and they were fun and funny. And I had a group that would eat lunch with me. And now my fifth graders that I've dealt with all year are like some of my favorite students. So a fifth grade has become and I, and I kind of think if I like fifth grade like this, maybe I would like sixth grade. So I think it's exciting to think about jumping to sixth. And that is my certification. I was first through six as opposed to like what they do now, which is K through five. Yeah. Um, yeah. New York is a little bit different. I, my cert is K to six, but now they break it up. Uh, you know, so now it's like, I think it's like pre-K one, two to five, you know, now it's like all broken up, which I think scheduling wise for administration is probably a nightmare. Oh, you know, I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I did my my national board certification a long time ago, and it was early childhood. So then I then I technically could have probably taught kindergarten garden under that, but I was like, I don't even think I told anyone because I did. I was like, I never wanted to be in that situation. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> all right. So I let's talk about some the technology tools that you that you can give us for you know for using in the classroom that are, that are free. That's exciting. So one of my, my favorite tools to use was Edpuzzle. Um, and Edpuzzle, it, it allows you to take a video and then you can embed questions throughout the video, uh -huh. but the students have to watch the whole video because you'll, you'll get information on how much of the video they watched. And in order to answer the question, they have, they can't fast forward. So what oh. I would do, my district wanted us to do two tapes lessons a week and then we did a live Google Meet. So I would take my tapes lessons and then insert it into the Edpuzzle to make sure that they were watching it. Because I know, you know, one of the biggest complaints from my colleagues was that they're, they're spending the time to make these videos and then the students are not watching them and they're just trying to go to the activity and then they're like, we don't know what to do. So I really liked using that. That's brilliant. That is so brilliant. I have not heard that. I have never even heard of that actually. Oh, so, awesome. that, yeah. So, and, and the good thing about Edpuzzle, I like to use my own content in there because mm -hmm. we already had to, to make that up on your own, but they also have a whole library. So if you are just looking for, you know, something quick on life cycles, you can just type that in and it'll show you what they have. 
different lessons that other teachers have made and you can just reuse their lessons. So you don't have That's to awesome. make them. Mm -hmm. and That's then great. If, I love that. If it's multiple choice questions, they're grading it. It, it just, it made life a lot easier for me during remote teaching. Yeah, that's great. That's a, that's a great one. Okay. I'm ready for number two. <laughs> <laughs> so another, um, another one that I'm really eager to use next year, cause I found this out later on, you know, like kind of when we we're ending doing uh, real work mm -hmm. is called insert learning and it's a Google extension. So you would go to the Chrome web store to, to find that. And then okay. you basically, you're taking a web page. So I use this, we were learning about tides and I wanted my students to understand the relevance of learning about the tide cycle and, and things like that. And I'm in New York, I'm on Long Island. Hopefully my, mm -hmm. uh, my accent is not coming out too much. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> Thank you. But since we're surrounded by water, I'm like, these kids need to know about the tides. Mm -hmm. So I found a local, tide cycle website and what i did was using insert learning i was able to insert questions throughout the website so when the oh. student got this you know so it would have like the tide cycle like high tide is going to be at at whatever time so mm -hmm. i would put a question right there you know mrs muse is going to wake up at 8 30 what tide is it going to be it's going to be high tide or low tide so uh -huh. throughout there you can you could highlight text you could just add notes you could add questioning it, it, I, I was like mind blown and I was like, yeah, that's really cool. How, um, you know, and what I uh, really liked about the questioning is if it's a multiple choice question and the students answer it and it's wrong, it's not like, okay, it's just wrong. It'll mm -hmm. have them keep going until they get the correct answer. And then on the teacher end, you could see how many tries it took them to get to that correct answer. Yeah. Wow. So it's like immediate feedback, but then also like reteaching. Yes. You know, That's so it's amazing. not just like a straight up yes, no, you know, now you're going to actually be able to see what the correct answer is. And mm -hmm. as a teacher, you could see how many times it took them to get there. So that was a feature I really liked about that too. Yeah, that's really cool. Oh, I love that. Those are, those are great. Those are so great. And again, I don't know. I didn't know that one either. Right. I feel like, a, yeah, I'm thinking she's going to say something that I know, but, but maybe not. <laughs> like the abstract ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're good. Cause I, yeah, I'm like, I have not heard of either one of those. I feel like no matter how much you immerse yourself in technology, there's always something new coming out. And that's what I love because yes. I feel like you find something and it's like, oh my God, I need to use this right now because this is just, it's so great. So yes, that, that's I agree. one of the reasons I love technology. Yeah, There's it's so constantly changing. Yes. Yeah, it's changing and you're finding things that will completely meet the needs of your students right then in the moment. Yeah. I, I, I love that. I, I feel like we've gone backwards a little bit in my district because like we used, ended up using Schoology for our platform during the distance learning time, but like no one had, like at first they hadn't even heard of that. We started using it a couple of years ago when I was, cause I actually left my just, I worked there for 20 years and I resigned for two and then I went, I, I went back. Um, so resigning was not the wisest thing to do because you completely lose like your tenure and I, and I took a massive pay cut and they wanted me to prove that I had experience and it was in that county. So I'm like, you got to just go look in your records. Like I, like I started in 1997. So, I mean, it's just, it's just insane. But anyway, 
uh, we were, I was, I got my master's in technology, educational technology and media design in 2011. And so that's when I learned about Schoology. I was using it in my classroom with my second graders and every day. And then we used it as like a school because I was like, we got to use this platform. We can do all these really cool things on it. And, right. um, and my, so we did that for a while and I'm like, and now just now we're like, Oh yeah. I mean, even though they've had it for like a couple of years, they, they, ha we hadn't like really dug into what we could do with it. I think they did more in the secondary level. So those kids transitioned pretty well, but like our elementary school kids were like completely like lost. So, right. so it was just, I don't know. So I feel like we've taken like some steps backwards. Like all, all we're doing is like program based technology, which I don't really feel is technology. So I get frustrated by that. So like new tools and new things and engaging them. That's the kind of thing that I love. Yeah. So, okay. So you've got ed puzzle, we've got insert learning. You want to give us another couple or you want to um, move on to the next stop? I'll give you one because I, <laughs> okay. I don't want to give away all my secrets right now. No, you got to save it. No, because now you got to go. And, and you've been a bet that I'm going to be watching that one for sure because <laughs> I want all of the tools. All right. So one more. So the last one, again, I found this one towards the later end of, of distance learning. So I haven't had a chance to like fully wrap my head around it but I would envision myself using this more for like a whole class lesson. It's also a Chrome extension. So you go to the Chrome web store and just type that in and then it's, it's all free, but it's called web paint. So again, what you're doing is you're using a, a web page, you know, something that, that you want to talk about with the students uh -huh. and then you can use the, the web paint to either highlight information. I mean, you can block out everything except maybe an image on the page, uh -huh. you know, so you're taking away all of those distractions and yes. then you can show the students whatever it is. So, awesome. you know, I envision using that where, you know, we're trying to make inferences about something. If I'm introducing a topic, you know, I can have those images. If you want to teach about the different text features in an yes, article. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pull out, here's the, the heading, you know, I, I, there's so, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of possibilities there. So yeah, I love that. Yes. And I feel like even you can take a screenshot of it and then you can send that to your students. So if we are, you know, cause I, nobody really knows what's happening. You know, this is great for teachers that love to plan. We're not going to let you know what's happening for next year. I know until the very last second, we're going to tell you yes. the very last second. And then, and then guess what, when we're going along for a little while, we might go back to remote learning. Exactly. So, you know, you, you just never know what's yeah. going to happen. But I think some of well, these we're tools, an adaptable bunch. You're right. That's true. We are. We're very flexible. Um, sometimes we're kicking and screaming, but we, yeah. we always do it. We don't give up. Like we just keep going. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think, what did you, what was I just going to say? Cause you said something that made me think of, oh, but these are tools that we could use in the classroom to make learning engaging anyway, whether you were working, whether you were doing it with, you know, distance learning or you were doing it in the classroom. Like these are really powerful things that can be, can be used. Yes. Yes, thank so you. I think that that's what I was trying to do because we don't know what's going on, and all throughout the country, everybody probably will have something a little bit different depending on you know what's going on in your area. Mm -hmm. So I wanted something that if if you are remote learning or even if you're remote learning at some point during the year, you can use these tools. But if you are in the classroom, it also makes sense to throw them in there and into your curriculum wow. as well. 
I agree. I totally agree. That's how I feel like you have meaningful technology integration, that those kinds of tools right there. So thank you for that. And um, that was a good little teaser because it definitely made me want more. And so if you want more Whole Teacher Eclecticon 2020, because that was amazing. Now you're going to get to hear the rest of this conversation that I had with Kristen next week. So you're going to have to hold on till next Thursday when One Tired Teacher comes out again. And this time you will hear about how how powerful it is to incorporate writing into science and doing science on a budget. I hope you'll stick around for the next two weeks. This One Tired Teacher is feeling fired up, excited, a little bit stressed out about what's happening, but the, but I'm feeling excited, excited to think about some of the possibilities of things that we can do and that maybe that's one of the, one of the benefits of like really having to like think outside of the box. I don't know. I got to hold on to something positive until next time. Sweet dreams and sleep tight.